At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Getting you ready for college and pro football. This is the Football Betting Guide with Jonathan Von Tobel. All right, welcome back in. Second hour of the Football Betting Guide. Um... Got some news to update here. This is relatively shocking news as well. Um, Mike Garofolo of NFL Network reporting that Commanders running back Brian Robinson is in stable condition after being shot as the victim in an attempted robbery. Uh, that is something worth noting. Brian uh, Robinson was, of course, slated to potentially be uh, the top running back for the Washington Mander- uh, Commanders coming into this year. Uh, usurping Antonio Gibson, essentially, was a big fantasy target as well for a lot of people who play fantasy um, and maybe a popular pick in terms of season-long props, something to look at there. But uh, some pretty big news coming out of Washington. Again, uh, running back Brian Robinson in stable condition after being shot as the victim in an attempted robbery, according to Mike Garofolo. So hopefully uh, he is going to be all right. Stable condition is uh, very good news, but still something to monitor there uh, in the world of the National Football League. Uh, moving on from that. Update really quickly, 19-3, to the score between Pittsburgh and Detroit. we got 11.05 and rolling left to go between these two clubs. Kenny Pickett looking relatively solid uh, up to this point in this preseason matchup. We'll give you an exact statistical output for Pickett as his quarterback can battle. Continues to rage on in Pittsburgh. 10 of 14, 90 yards, 6.4 per attempt for Pickett. Mitch Trubisky with a pretty solid day. It looks like he's probably going to be the guy for the Steelers as we enter week one. 15 and 19, 160 yards, 8.4 per attempt, and one touchdown for Trubisky. For those who like these sort of things, a quarterback rating of 119.3. So I would say, feel relatively confident in it, that uh, Mitch Trubisky is going to be the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers as we enter week one of the regular season, which is about two weeks away. All right, that's the last update there. We'll keep. I'll tell you what the final score is and whatnot. Uh, the uh, Not really a sexy game to watch. I guess a lot of people might care about the Steelers quarterback battle, uh, but it seemed relatively um, not set in stone, nothing set in stone. Relatively understood, though, that this is going to be the case for the Steelers. All right, I want to hit on two NFL notes really quickly um, as we um, wrap up the preseason because it's, <laughs> um, it's not that I'm really big on – preseason to in the sense that like I take away a lot of stuff from it right you don't want to overreact quite a bit but I do think it was pretty fascinating early on in this preseason especially the first game for one Trey Lance uh, that looked really really solid uh, in that first game now it was only five dropbacks and you can only do so much in there and probably schemed up to make him feel really really comfortable Uh, but what we've seen from Trey Lance in two preseason games are stark, stark contrasts from one another and I think when you look at San Francisco San Francisco is 
is such an incredible team to handicap as you head into 2022. And as somebody who has under 10 wins in terms of a win total in his pocket, um, I am somewhat, um, I'm, I'm, I'm probably skewed in my judgment here. But when you look at San Francisco as you head into the regular season, the variety of outcomes in which this season could end up as are so wide because of that guy right there, Trey Lance, and the difference <clears throat> in what you see from him in the two games. Again, we only, we're talking about 20 dropbacks in the preseason, so you can't really see a lot. But when you watch with your eye, even in the first game in which he was really solid and got a PFF grade of 79.1, and the second game, by the way, 46.3, it's only one outlet's measurement stick, but still gives us an idea of how, difference those, or how different those performances were, the, the lack of uh, accuracy when it comes to actually placing the ball when it needs to be was really obvious in that second game as opposed to in the first. Didn't really look comfortable in the second. And so what I take away from this is I feel relatively comfortable in my assessment of San Francisco in that their roster has a lot of strengths. Wide receiver, defensive line is deep, linebackers relatively solid. Like There's a lot to like about the San Francisco 49ers from a roster perspective. But – in betting them under and betting against just the perception of, hey, man, it's just Kyle Shanahan. He's going to figure this thing out, when in reality, you need your quarterback still to be relatively good. And I get it. We've seen a lot, and Shanahan's gotten a lot out of some lesser quarterbacks too. But I feel relatively comfortable in my assessment that, hey, you know what? Maybe the market is kind of taking the Shanahan thing a little bit too far and looking at a team and saying, ah, you know what? Yeah, win total of 10. And if you bet that over, this team's going 11-6 and six with a quarterback who we all understood was going to be a relatively solid project coming into his career. Trey Lance could eventually be great, but I think after watching two games, reading reports and practice as well, I just feel relatively comfortable in the assessment that the market was overvaluing San Francisco from a win total standpoint. And it does make this week one matchup pretty intriguing because when you look at the 49ers as hovering around a touchdown favorite on the road against the lowly Chicago Bears, and yes, the Bears who we just got done talking with Rob Bazola, and we've mentioned it on this show a thousand times, I believe the Bears to be the worst team in the National Football League. A lot of people do. Rob just said that himself as well. And you're talking about San Francisco as a relatively a solid seven-point favorite on the road. Teaser candidate, too, by the way, especially if that starts to climb to that seven-and-a-half range. You get that down to one-one-and-a-half. But you do wonder if Chicago, catching a key number at home against a San Francisco team on that field, by the way, the field's an absolute nightmare, you do wonder if maybe, just maybe, we're getting out a little over our skis here when it comes to evaluating San Francisco the way that we are. And keep in mind, too, home field is really not worth that much anymore. I know a lot of people head into a year and think, okay, yeah, you know what, we're going to use the traditional three. Hasn't been like that for a while. It was just over a point a season ago in the, in the uh, National Football League when it comes to what home field advantage is worth, depending on how you measure a home field advantage when it comes from the results. So... Saying that there's like a six-ish point difference between San Francisco and, and Chicago, uh, or excuse me, six, not six, a, uh, an eight-point difference, eight-and-a-half-point difference, it might not seem like a lot, but in reality, that is quite a bit. And I, I'm just, I am really curious about this San Francisco team as we head into the year, because I do think that there has been an overvaluing of them to a certain extent, thus the bet on the under-the-win total. Now, what Trey Lance is going to be eventually throughout his career could be great, but Trey Lance this season, man, that is really unproven, but the market really does think very highly of Kyle Shanahan and thus the high power rating on San Francisco. And the other was New England. Uh, Mac Jones and the New England Patriots offense, there has not been one positive thing reported out of New England in this entire training camp, this entire training camp, like in preseason. Not just a couple of weeks, not just the joint practice from the Raiders. And, yes, I get to talk to a lot of people who go to Raiders camp and cover the Raiders, and it's all positive for Las Vegas for the most part. And Josh McDaniels has done a tremendous job in the preseason, yada, yada, yada. Mike, Mac Jones has looked, eh, okay. But we have yet to really hear anything positive out of New England. This offense has not really looked great. Mac Jones has not looked his most comfortable. And, again, when you talk about the receptions of a team, and keep in mind, too, the Patriots have all the indicators of a team that's due for a negative bounce back. One of the top teams in terms of turnovers forced last year. Top team in terms of turnover. One of the top teams in terms of turnover differential. Their defense is one of the big reasons why they were able to blow out a couple of their opponents during that five, six-week stretch in the middle of the regular season last year. There are so many indicators that this team is ready for a negative bounce back. On top of, narratively, what has been happening with their offense, it does seem that every concern that we've had about New England, and this is why I do think there's something that comes from preseason, every concern that we have for New England has popped up in this preseason, whether it be their offense, whether it be their corners not really playing very well. Those are the kind of things that you worry that New England was going to have an issue with, and those have come to fruition so far in some of these preseason affairs. So again, 
You're not going to run away with everything we've seen for the preseason and just go and bank on it right away. But I do think that when you come into a training camp type season or a preseason, right, with some of your priors and how you evaluate some of these teams, and even in preseason and in training camp settings, those perceived weaknesses start to pop up. Well, then I think you're in a situation where maybe you might be on the right track there, and that's some of the problem, right? Some of the negatives and some of the positives from preseason can be spun forward, but that's going to be something to watch there for the New England Patriots, who, by the way, have a very challenging schedule as well. For a team that's floating around the power rating that they are, there are a lot of coin flip spots for the New England Patriots right off of the bat when you're talking about road games against the Dolphins and the Steelers, coming back home against the Ravens before going back on the road against the Packers. Don't sleep on hosting the Lions sandwiched in between road games against the Packers and the Browns, okay? It's not exactly the best spot to be in. And, yes, you have Bears and Jets in there, too, for a home game with the Colts, but this is not a schedule to sneeze at for New England. And this could be a rough bounce back to earth after a 10-win season a year ago for the Patriots. So, again, some of the priors kind of come in there, and you're seeing them actually out there on the field. A little bit worrisome for the New England Patriots. With that, let's get back to college football. We have a lot left to get to. We have some games to preview as well. I wanted to mention – some of the bigger line and total moves that we've seen up to this point for the week one matchups, because we're essentially here at this point right now. So worth noting, because again, there's a lot of us out there who are going to walk into their sports books this week and go, you know what? Give me this. Well, you might be betting into the wrong side. You might be not getting any value in any way whatsoever. So it's worth noting for anybody who doesn't track them where we're at with some of these bigger line moves. For example, Bowling Green at UCLA. Uh, This has been quite the move toward the underdog here. Bowling Green opened up as a 34 point underdog, as we saw at the first line that was posted down to 24-and-a-half, catching that against UCLA. So a very large line move there. UTEP at Oklahoma, and this is one where I'd agree with. UTEP opening up as a 40-point underdog, but now catching about 31-and-a-half against the Sooners, a Sooners team which we talk about really not knowing much. We don't really know much about Brent Venable's first go-around here uh, with Oklahoma, right? Dylan Gabriel could potentially be a really good quarterback. He gets his offensive coordinator from his first year at UCF. He showed when he was with UCF that he's got a really big toolbox and he can be a very good quarterback. But at the same time, this is a team that didn't really bring largely anything back in terms of the skill positions and a defense that, while Brent Venables, I believe in, uh, and could maximize when it comes to all the players on his roster, the pieces on his roster, still a massive question mark to be laying a really big number, even against a team like UTEP, who actually do, do think, in terms of their returning production, does bring back some really intriguing pieces for a team of UTEP status. We'll put it that way. Utah State at Alabama. This one's not shocking. Uh, so the one thing I did get right at two plays yesterday, split them. So small loss yesterday for me when it comes to college football. Vandy blows at Hawaii, but UConn sticks around against Utah State, ends up covering that contest. Watch out. And I get it. We had the, the fun story about, hey, you know, the guys who went and bet Utah State to win the national championship – I don't really think they're that great. And in the grand scheme of things in the Mountain West, I think they're the fifth best team at best when you come into this year. So they don't cover against UConn. What happens? You go from a 31-point underdog at the opening against Alabama. They are now catching 41-and-a-half against Alabama currently on the lines right now. Memphis on the road against Mississippi State. That opened up eight. We're up to 14 in favor of Mississippi State and some totals. The line move from Troy at Ole Miss from 64-and-a-half to 58. SMU at North Texas from 75-and-a-half down to 69-and-a-half. And Boise State on the road against Oregon State, 63.5 to 57. And speaking of Hawaii, too, by the way, not a surprise here. First line we saw was Western Kentucky, minus 7 on the road against the Rainbows. Now we're up to 16.5 after getting absolutely blasted by Vanderbilt yesterday. All right, when we come back, let's continue to look at some of the top-tier matchups. Uh, let's expand a little bit more. We didn't really get to touch a lot on Cincinnati, uh, who is in an intriguing spot opening up their college football season. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Football Betting Guy with Jonathan Bontobel. Welcome back to this segment of the Football Betting Guide. It's presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, the simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there have been times in life where I needed to make a change. I knew I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready yet. I'm sure a lot of smokers and dippers out there can relate. Zinn understands there is one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline's a little different. Everyone's on their own journey, man. So whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step toward change, Zinn's going to be there for you with the right strength and the right flavor at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and want to learn more today, check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine and, and nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. 19-3, holding strong here. 5-19 left to go in the fourth quarter between the Detroit Lions and the Pittsburgh Steelers and what is the final game of the NFL preseason, right? Yeah, I'm right about that. I just thought, I was like, wait a minute, there's no game on Monday. No, there's not. Uh, so, this what a glorious way to end out the National Football League preseason. By the way, can I just note, have you guys seen the video making the rounds of, it's probably an old video because the internet, of these mascots playing kids in football? Can I just say that, like, Watching kids get, like, destroyed by mascots is absolutely fantastic footage. Like, in any, any way, shape, or form, all these old videos that are out there, absolutely love. And can I just say also, because you guys in the back, you guys all skew a little bit younger. NCAA football is coming back out next year, right? EA Sports. Remember mascot mode? Remember when they used to have mascot mode? I hope they bring that back. I really hope they bring that back because that would be absolutely tremendous. Playing with a bunch of horned frogs versus Stanford trees, like, oh, it was absolutely tremendous. All right, anyway, I have digressed. Uh, I'm, I'm gone off the rails. Let's talk a little bit. Is that like a laugh drop? Did I just hear that? Is that correct? I didn't know we had that. Look at this. Look at this. Killing it back there. Or as the old joke is, I'm killing it on this side of the room. Okay. Um, oh, what are we doing? Oh, college football. I should probably pull up my notes. I got too excited. Anyway, so we went over some of the big line moves as we head into week one. Let's talk about some of these contests, too, uh, that have some intrigue. We left off when we were talking about some of them. Cincinnati at Arkansas. Kind of roll through some of the top-ranked matchups first before we get to some of the other ones with some unranked teams that have some intrigue. So let's talk about Cincy and Arkansas because before we came on the air about an hour and a half ago, uh, we did see that Circa was the, well, the lone shop that went to five and a half on the board. Um, so there's sixes out there. There's six and a halves. This is a cool thing, and, and we talked to Rob Pozzola, so when you talk about like bed stamp and shopping around for numbers, it very much behooves you to do so, especially in today's day and age where there's so many different operators, and especially when you're in different markets that have those, right? Uh, because you can find a wide varieties of totals and sides when it comes to college football, especially around this time. So very much shop around. So I bring this up because this is a matchup where I personally do have some trouble when it comes to college football and handicapping the teams that do have some missing production from a season ago. I like handicapping professional sports, specifically when it comes to, like, the NBA, too, right? Because, I'm sorry, uh, but sifting through AAU and, like, you know, all that kind of stuff, there's such a large sample size when it comes to college basketball and freshmen, you have no idea what they're going to project to. Same thing could be said here. 
In college football, I guess there is some sort of projection you could do because a vast majority of these guys who are taking over for starters have been there on that team in that system for a while, you would assume. Uh, but take a look at a team like Cincinnati, right? A team that last year, of course, makes it to the college football playoff. But when you're talking about coming into this year, while they're going to be a good team, and I think one of the best teams in the American again, projecting what they're going to be when you're replacing your quarterback with a quarterback competition that is yet to be decided by all accounts, and six starters on defense, I think that's a struggle to really assume what this team is going to be. And specifically, when you look at what they're losing on defense, right? Because it's not just six guys. Two starters along the defensive line. Both of them were NFL draft picks. One of them was an All-American. Oh, also, by the way, leading tackler at linebacker and another NFL draft choice in Darren Beavers in that linebacking core. Gone. So we're talking about four guys, three of which, in this all in the front seven, three of which were drafted in the National Football League. That is some really talented production that has gone from this front seven for Cincinnati. And the problem is, as you open the road, uh, excuse me, open on the road against Arkansas, this is an Arkansas team that has an offensive line with four starters back from last season. They have an offense that last year averaged 228 yards per game and five yards per carry. Uh, this is also a program that has done a tremendous job in developing their offensive line and has good returning production all around in terms of the skill positions and is going to be one of the better ground games uh, in the country, right? I say better in the country, so it can be top half, of, I would assume, top half of the country given everything you have coming back against a front seven that loses a lot of production. And on the flip side, Desmond Ritter was great. And when you talk about adding wins at the margins, a skilled quarterback does that. And you can tell me that, hey, man, Ben Bryant, Evan Prater, those are two solid quarterbacks. Neither of them are Desmond Ritter, and I do wonder if, as we look at this Cincinnati team heading into this year, how much of how they are rated is still coming off of that wonderful scent of the team of the last few seasons. That's my question, because I don't think there's any doubt that this is a really good program in the grand scheme of the American, but when you're talking about going on the road, and this number two, by the way, like I said, it opened six and a half, didn't even get to seven, by at least what I saw, and we're just heading towards Cincinnati. And Arkansas is not in a perfect situation. First off, they only have four guys coming back on their defense from a season ago, which was a top 25 team in terms of EPA per play defensively. It's a really good defense. It's missing a lot of production. So maybe that evens out. But in the other end, when you have what you have coming back on offense, you probably exploit the other side. So I do, like, I'm very interested to see what Cincinnati is going to be coming into this year. Because personally, this is what I find the biggest challenge when it comes to assessing what these teams are going to be as you head into 2022. So my initial thought, especially if we're going to continue to drop like five and a half, five. We'll see what happens by the time we get to game day this coming year, this coming weekend. Um, but if we reach a point where we're talking about like four and a half in favor of Arkansas, I'll be on the Razorbacks because I do think you're reaching a point where home field is worth more. And the closer, of course, we're getting to that like three and a half-ish mark, which some home fields are worth that much in college football, maybe we're finding some value there on Arkansas. We're not there yet. And I'll talk about three and a half, talk about four and a half would be the buy price for me. And Circa's down to five and a half. So we'll see if that's going to be the case. But really, really interested to watch this game when it comes up on Saturday. Some other matchups that are worth noting, of course, too. Uh, again, when you talk about like some preconceived notions uh, coming into the year, priors, Utah. I think Utah is the best team in the Pac-12. I think it is incredibly interesting that if you talk to anybody who handicaps and analyzes college football at a really high level, I, ha- I don't think I've talked to one person in this offseason when you ask the age-old question, who's better, Utah or USC, I don't think I've seen – I've gotten not a single answer that has said USC. Every answer that I've gotten from the people that I have asked or talked to, both on the air and off the air, has been Utah. And yet it's a team that is the second choice to win the Pac-12. By all accounts, is rated a little bit lower than USC. It's a really good team. But outside of the grand scheme of things, again, you see the odds there, plus 240 to win the Pac-12, they're also a three-point favorite on the road against Florida. And I get it. Like, the Florida Gators are transitioning here. Uh, it is a – I think it's a team and a program that a lot of people around the program have been somewhat disappointed with the recruiting. Although, if you actually deep dive a little bit more, the recruiting's been a little bit better than given credit for. But we're talking about a solid three in some spots, two and a half over there at DraftKings. You see the price there with the total of 51. And while I'm really high on Cam Rising and the Utes and this defense and what they have at running back as well, uh, I like, when you look at them as a three-point favorite on the road against Florida – it, to me, on the surface, it does seem a little much. Now, I, have not re- I don't really know a lot about Florida, again, projecting what they could potentially be this year. But looking at that roster and evaluating them, again, really interested to see what the market does here. Because if we're talking about like three, three and a half, 
in favor of Florida because I don't think that really that number is going to go anywhere throughout the week. And then that's going to be a buy sign on Florida. But I do wonder if we're getting to a point, like it's pretty interesting how highly rated Utah is, but you see that right there, the USC and Utah dynamic, they are the second choice in the Pac-12. Uh, and then Notre Dame and Ohio State. Again, I'm just more fascinated to see what Notre Dame is going to be. Ohio State is a really good team, but Notre Dame, you could I don't think you can argue. We'll ask Tim about this in about 30 minutes. Tim Murray is going to join us. Their offensive line, their defensive line could be absolute strengths for a team that is breaking in a new quarterback. And I just, look, you don't want to blame a team for the sins of a team past, but this is largely the same team that, as a 14-and-a-half-point favorite last year, played host to Oregon and laid an egg and lost. Now, I think there's some real weaknesses for Notre Dame. We have yet to see how this coaching staff adjusts in their full, uh, first full year. And again, you're breaking in a new quarterback, more of a little bit of a dual threat who did appear in, in uh, every single game last year, but you still have some question marks about. But when you can bring a strong offensive line and a strong defensive line with you on the road, that does make you a little bit more of an intriguing squad. And especially when you're talking about an opener of 14 and a half in some spots, and now we're as high as 17 and a half, and an offseason in which all we've talked about is Ohio State, Alabama, top two teams, gap, rest of the country. If this continues to climb again, I mean, frankly, to me, 17 and a half might be a buy price on Notre Dame already. We'll ask him about that. We'll get his thoughts on the Irish. Uh, but when you just have those strengths, that's what I look for. Returning production on offensive and defensive lines, and that's what Notre Dame has. They could be, I think, a little bit more live than that number gives them credit for. And we'll get to maybe near the end of the show if we have time. We'll throw some of these other games at Tim. For example, Arizona at San Diego State. Uh, we're seeing that number continue to climb in favor of the Aztecs. I do think that San Diego State, well, they're deciding their quarterback situation from an offensive standpoint is not going to be very good. And Arizona might be one of those teams worth looking at because a lot of returning production and potentially some improvement for a team at their level. And, yes, it's a terrible situation. Aztecs are opening up a new stadium, Snapdragon Stadium. Uh, but I do think that the Aztecs might be in for a little bit of a fight there against Arizona, more than the market's given it credit for, uh, because I'm not a really a big fan of the, what this team brings back on offense, San Diego State. All right, when we come back, Chris Manini's going to join us, senior college football writer at The Athletic. Let's ask him about that Ohio State and Notre Dame matchup. If I'm barking up the right tree there, we're thinking that Notre Dame could be a little bit more effective than the market's given him credit for. This is the Football Betting Guy. Your next win is brewing. Play free fantasy baseball, football, and basketball with draft time matchups presented by Miller Lite. Draft wins in 13 contests and compete for your share of $41,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Miller Lite to get in on the action. Miller Lite, great taste, less filling. 21 and older only, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details, and please celebrate responsibly. All right, let's keep with the college football theme. Uh, Chris Benini, senior writer over The Athletic, is nice enough to give us some time today. Go over a little bit of what we saw the, uh, yesterday. Also talk about what we're going to see this next coming weekend. So, Chris, first off, appreciate it. And uh, let's just start, I think, with the obvious place to start with college football from yesterday. Uh, how bad is this for Scott Frost, who, as we know, I think is it right at the start of October, his buyout drops to about $7 million. Uh, how bad was the loss in Dublin for him in the grand scheme of things? It was bad. Uh, I would say it's not unsalvageable yet, and that's because Northwestern uh, Nebraska's schedule is very favorable in the first half of the year. Uh, it, it gets really difficult in November. There are still many winnable games over the next few weeks, North Dakota, Georgia Southern, Indiana on October 1st, and, and of course the big Oklahoma game. So there is, a, there is still a chance to turn things around, but it was certainly a – as discouraging of a start as you could imagine uh, to go to Ireland and get pushed around by Northwestern in the fourth quarter. So like we were talking about this in the first hour, and I guess, I guess the question is like what happened, but maybe nothing happened. Scott Frost comes into, into his tenure at Nebraska, very highly touted. We know what he does at UCF, but what is so glaring, it's not even so much the losing Chris. It is the record in one score games, famously now five and 21, the one and nine record in the last 10 with the minus two point differential those are the markings of a bad coach, right? Like, that's a guy who can't make adjustments. Has it surprised you how bad he has been in that realm of this game that he does not seem to be able to move off of whatever his prior game plans were in the midst of some of these games and can't win some of these tight contests? Well, as, as one of my friends put it, uh, at some point it stops being a coincidence yep. and just becomes what you are. And, look, special teams and special teams' decisions have been terrible under Scott Frost 
tenure there. And what happens yesterday? He decides to do an onside kick up 11. That goes, that does not work out at all. Northwestern scores a touchdown right off of that. And Nebraska never scores again. And ultimately that's what Nebraska is. And, and what, the Scott Frost that came from UCF and, and Oregon before that, you just you saw an explosive offense with all kinds of talented skill players and a lot of team speed. And ever since he's been in Nebraska, they just haven't had that. They're slow. They're getting pushed around in the lines uh, a bit. It just what he has at Nebraska is nowhere near what he had at UCF. All right. So as we looked at yesterday, wasn't the best slate of games. Uh, I think when everybody's really excited for a Vandy Hawaii game. Uh, which is the only one we're going to see on TV, um, it kind of tells you what the schedule was like. So uh, one of the interesting, I think, storylines as we headed into college football, from a betting perspective, was Vanderbilt from a win total standpoint. And it becomes more intriguing because they absolutely blasted Hawaii. Win total was two and a half. Now we're talking about what? We got Elon going forward, Northern Illinois, uh, and a weakened Wake Forest team. Do you think that this Vandy team can reach three wins by the time we reach SEC play? Uh, it's possible. Yeah, obviously you have to feel a heck of a lot better than you did before. Right. I, I think, honestly, one of the biggest takeaways for me from that game was that Hawaii is going to have a pretty terrible season. Yeah. And we kind of figured, because all of their good players transferred out over the offseason, they had the coaching change, Todd Graham got fired, and they replaced him with Timmy Chang, but there was just, like, nothing there to start with. Their quarterback, their top receivers, everybody was gone. And so I don't think Hawaii is going to be any good at all this year. So, what does that mean for Vanderbilt? I, you know, look, this was one you had to have if you want to hit that that over, and, and you get it. Northern Illinois is a good team. They won the MAC last year. They they have a very talented uh, team. Wake Forest, without Sam Hartman, a quarterback is maybe doable, but that's still a team that played for the ACC championship last year. So, I, I think you got to feel pretty good about it, though. All, all things considered, Vanderbilt definitely looked better. They had some pieces in there. Um, you know, it, it's certainly, I think you have to be feeling a heck of a lot better than you did going in. All right, so let's talk about some of the games we're going to see coming into um, week one, the full week one. Can you explain at all Pat Narduzzi's weird offseason in which he was lamenting an offense, it seemed, that finished, I think, 31st in EPA per play? Like, he really, it seemed, did not like what was going on with that offense. And they've really talked about running the ball more, playing hard-nosed defense. Keaton Slovis is going to be their guy. It sounds like it's going to be a much different-looking pit team. But can you explain why Narduzzi just wasn't happy and what you expect out of this offense as they're going to match up with West Virginia? Yeah, I, I'm not sure how much of that was Narduzzi frustrated in the moment with Mark Whipple or frustrated yeah. after the fact that Whipple left him to go to Nebraska, you know, coming off of an ACC championship season. And so he's going to kind of kick him on the way out or something like that. Uh, but, yeah, th- I mean, this first game with, with Pitt is going to be huge. The thing that's so interesting to me is that you've got Keaton Slovis, the, the USC quarterback transfer, going up against uh uh, JT Daniels, the USC quarterback transfer, and West Virginia's offense coordinator is Graham Harrell of USC. So there's just a lot of USC offense uh, going around in this one. Pitt obviously lost Jordan Addison, but they did pick up a pretty good transfer wide receiver from Akron. You know, that, that's going to be the question. What does this Pat Narduzzi offense look like? Last year's was a tremendous offense, but that's not typically what we get from him. He's a defensive coach who likes to, like he said, run the ball, control the clock, those kinds of things. Are they going to shift back to that with this new coordinator, or are they going to continue to be a team that aired out and had a Heisman finalist last year? You mentioned West Virginia. Am I wrong in being intrigued by this team? Like The offensive line looks like it's going to be pretty good. Just JT Daniels has been kind of an enigma throughout his college football career, but I feel like the pieces are there for him to be successful. Yeah, he's had the talent. He's just he's gotten hurt a lot. Yep. And then when he's gotten hurt and he hasn't been able to win jobs back, I, I think – that, along with Graham Harrell, I think was a really strong offensive coordinator hire for, for West Virginia, a guy who was at USC and North Texas before that and uh, does a lot of air raid stuff and has a pretty good track record with quarterbacks. He knows this quarterback, so that, that obviously helps. Um, I, yeah, I, I think West Virginia is one of the more interesting teams in a Big 12 that really could be wide open. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the SEC and uh, the better teams, I should say. We did talk about Vanderbilt. So it's easy to forget. So we, right before we had you on, we were talking about Utah at Florida. And, you know, a lot of the times where we have these preconceived notions coming into the year, like I think Utah is the best team in the Pac-12. I think they're going to be very good. 
but they're also a field goal favorite on the road against Florida. Uh, what do you make of this matchup here between the Utes and the Gators? Because while I think very highly of Utah, it is somewhat drawing to see them as a three-point favorite, field goal favorite on the road against an SEC squad, even if Florida is making a transition here. Yeah, I think that's that's the thing. I, I'm a big fan of Utah. I picked them to go to the playoffs. They do have a lot of questions on defense with the number of guys that they lost, but this should be a really good offense again. And we know they're going to be tough in the trenches like they always are. Florida has the new uh, the new head coach, Billy Napier, in there. He's a successful coach. I think he'll do a good job, but it's the first game. And Anthony Richardson has gotten a ton of hype you know, over the last year, but he's only thrown, I think, like 40-something passes in his career. Mm-hmm. We haven't really seen him and what he can do. So that is that is a big question mark of what Florida can do there. Utah being favored by three on the road, I mean, to me that, that feels about right. It makes it a difficult pick. But, I, but I, I think that's about where I would probably have it. All right, so we got a pair of SEC Pac-12 matchups. That's the first. The other is going to be Oregon and Georgia. This one's a, a little bit more easy to, to guess. It's a 17.5-point line in favor of Georgia. So I, my question here is just from the Oregon standpoint, what do you expect in another offense? Haven't officially named a quarterback yet at this point, despite the fact that Bo Nix transferred in in the offseason. Really good offensive line as well here for the Ducks. But what do you expect from them in this matchup against the Georgia defense that only brings back three guys from last year? Yeah, I mean, Georgia only brings back three guys, but they are there is an incredible amount of depth on that team, on that line, for obvious reasons, because of how well they recruit. Uh, Oregon, the offensive situation is interesting. They bring in Dan Lanning, who's the former Georgia defensive coordinator. The offensive coordinator is going to be Kenny, uh, Kenny Dillingham, who has not been a plate-calling offense coordinator before. He spent a lot of time with Mike Norvell, uh, at Florida State and at Memphis. He was at, uh, I think he was at Auburn with Gus Malzahn for a year, I think. He, it, this is his first run of, of the offense. So what is it going to look like? I don't, I don't totally know yet. But I, if you base it on what the type of offense Mike Norvell runs, there's a lot of use of the running backs in a lot of different ways. You running backs spread out wide, you put wide receivers in the backfield, and it's about running the ball. And with that offensive line, I think that makes a lot of sense for how they're going to approach it. All right, Chris, before we get you out of here, matchup you're most excited to watch next weekend. What is it? It's got to be Ohio State-Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, that's just it, – it, it's two two of the biggest programs in the country. Night game on a college campus. It's not in an NFL stadium. And uh, what does the new-look Notre Dame look like? Is Ohio State going to be firing on all cylinders and put up 50 points like we think they could? Um, that that's going to be such an incredible atmosphere, and I'm looking forward to it. Chris, we appreciate the time. Thank you very much, sir. Yep, thanks for having me. Yep, Chris Benini again, senior college football writer over uh, at The Athletic. All right, yeah, we had a lot to get to here in the last 15 minutes. Tim Murray's going to join us. We'll get his thoughts on that Notre Dame uh, and Ohio State matchup. Again, a very, uh, very eerily similar, to, maybe kind of, to the Oregon game from last year and also what he's looking at next week as we get started full bore in college football week one. Don't go anywhere. And by the way, speaking of college football, can you check out the guide? Come on, college football is here. Week zero is already done with. vcin.com slash subscribe, folks. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Football Betting Guy with Jonathan Bontobel. Peace and Pro Football Guides out now, folks. This year's guides pack the Super Bowl playoff predictions, season win total, best bets for every team, best ways to bet rookie quarterbacks, plus a bookmaker breakdown on what futures the public and respected bettors are making. Remember, only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VEASAN all-access subscriber. That goes for the college guide, too. Sign up on our discounted football special. Get all-access to everything we do from now for the Super Bowl for only 175 bucks, or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription. And bet smarter all year long. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options to become part of the sports betting network. And, of course, got to do it at least one time. If you sign up through the Super Bowl, guess what that includes? The NBA guide, which I've already started working on. Yeah, baby, basketball, it's in the air, I'll tell you what. All right, let's welcome in Tim Murray, who uh host of our – we got a new addition to the podcast lineup, um, the College Football Betting Podcast. Is that is that the intricate title in which you have come up with, Tim Murray? Yeah, that was uh, – I worked uh, night and day for months to figure out the best title for that podcast, and uh, the College Football Betting Podcast is what uh, I settled I mean, on. Let's be honest. If I'm somebody who's looking for a college football betting podcast, I'm going to type in college football betting podcast and VSIN's podcast will come up. So while Ooh. it's not that imaginative, it's it's, it's probably going to hit a lot. Yes, me and uh, Adam Burke were going back and forth. Like uh, I was like, what about corner fade? And then at the end of the day, I, we I think we just settled on. I just want this to be searchable. So uh, yes, that's uh, that's where we're rolling. And uh, yeah, every uh, if you subscribe and please subscribe. Um, Every Tuesday morning, you'll have a uh, a fresh show in your feed with myself and Adam Burke, and then me and Humans, Mr. Matt Humans, of course. On Thursdays, we'll break down the whole card. Uh, so two fresh episodes, and then I've heard there's a rumor out there there might be a Sunday episode in your feed too. Uh, details to be determined. Uh, wink, wink. I also heard that I may or may not be involved in that Sunday episode. So yeah. I, I don't want to say anything. Yeah. Those, those are all erroneous. Those are rumors and uh, unfounded rumors at that. All right. So let's talk a little bit. Let's tie in what we saw last week to uh, last week yesterday to what we're going to see next week. First off, I opened up uh, with Chris Vanini, and I'll ask you a, sim- a similar question, but in a different way. When going forward in this season, Tim, when it is the fourth quarter and it is a one score game in any matchup with Nebraska, what is stopping me from going to bet the other side? given that Scott Frost cannot handle himself in these one-score affairs. 5-21 and 21 now as head coach of the Huskers in one-score games? Ridiculous. JVT, the numbers are, are just out of control, and I'm sitting there looking at it. I did not bet uh, a side yesterday in that game. I should have taken the Purple Cats, uh, Matt Humans on, uh, on the College Football Betting Cop podcast, and I'm sure on the edge as well with you, uh, took the Purple Cats, and I should have followed uh, because, yeah, they just are, it, it's impossible for them to win one score competitive games. And this stat that I tweeted out yesterday is probably one of the craziest stats I've ever seen, JVT. The Nebraska Cornhuskers are now one and nine in their last 10 games. The point differential is minus two. <laughs> wow. They, they beat Northwestern by 49 points in that stretch of nine out of 10 losses. And every other game has been determined by single digits and most of them one score games. It, it's, it's bizarre. Uh, and you know, as we saw yesterday, they just, they can't figure it out and, and props to Northwestern though, man, they ran the ball. Well, I think, um, you know, you got to upgrade Northwestern a bit. Uh, you know, I don't know if they'll win the big 10 West, but 
Pat Fitzgerald's a really good coach, and uh, they can run the ball well. And uh, you know, I, I thought the quarterback play was with uh, with Holinsky was was better than I anticipated there. So uh, props to the Purple Cats for getting it done. All right, we can break down uh, the really lame turnover trident that Nevada busted out yesterday <laughs> against New Mexico State, but we won't do that because let's all be honest, the you turnovers. Sure? Uh, come on. If we're talking turnover, it's a turnover trident for a team that's the, the Wolfpack located in northern Nevada. I don't understand the tie-in in any way whatsoever. And let's be honest, it caught on on social media yesterday. The turnover slot machine is so much better. Or is it a touchdown slot? Whatever. That Las Vegas has, UNLV, is much better. But let's look forward. Let's look forward, Tim. Uh, first off, let's talk about your guys. I brought this up a couple of minutes ago. At what point is the buy price for Notre Dame? We're up to 17 and a half now for Ohio State. Is there a buy price in your mind there when it comes to that number? Uh, I, I don't think so. Maybe 21. Uh, I, I just This game has the potential. And, and JVT, where you're sitting right now, if my screen is correct, it's 18. Yes. Uh, it, it's, it's wild, man. Um, look, Ohio State's that good. Uh, in my opinion, they're you know just a hair under Alabama, and that's a pretty big drop off to Georgia. Uh, you know, I know there's questions about them defensively. Um, you know, Jimmy Knowles coming in from Oklahoma State, everything they have offensively going. And you got to add in the fact that Notre Dame's had some injuries, right? They lost their wide receiver, one of their wide receivers, and already a thin wide receiver core. Avery Davis, a six-year senior and a captain, tore his ACL in camp. Uh, Jarrett Patterson's been in a walking boot. He's an All-American offensive lineman. Uh, he's questionable to play on Saturday at Ohio State. And then Cam Hart, their top cornerback, uh, he's been hampered with a hamstring injury. He told reporters he's fine and he's going to be ready to go, but it's just everything is lining up. Uh, you know, Marcus Freeman's debut, T Tyler Buckner's debut, on the road, all of this, and Ohio State's just that good. So uh, I'll be honest, you know, you could have got some really nice numbers early on in the process. You know, for me, I, I understand what you're saying. There has to be a buyback point. You know, maybe there is a backdoor cover opportunity like we saw Notre Dame and Alabama in the uh, playoff a couple of years ago. I think that number was like 18, 19 JVT, if my memory uh, serves me correct. Uh, and they lost by 17. So uh, I think we're getting close to that buy point, but I I'm not interested. All right. So next week, the, the board's littered with massive matchups. One that yeah. you and I, though, were talking about off the air. Not so massive, but I think that as we kind of move forward, because this is the intrigue around really bad teams, Tim, it's how high the market's going to get or how low the market's going to get on that respective team. So Hawaii gets blasted by Vandy yesterday in 63 to 10, a snoozer, right? In fact, I fell asleep. Um, but they now they take on a Western Kentucky team that I didn't think was impressive last week, yesterday. Uh, didn't really think much of them coming into this year. I thought the market maybe was a little too high and remembering Bailey Zappi as opposed to what this team really has. This thing's up to 16 and a half in some spots. Western Kentucky yeah. on the road against Hawaii. Have we reached the point? Like, I think that we're going to do this every week with Hawaii, right? Like they're going to be so yeah. bad where it's like, man, do we back Hawaii once again at home catching points? Yeah, it feels like a hold your nose opportunity because yeah, to your point, I was not impressed by Western Kentucky at all yesterday against Austin P. Now you could say sleepy environment, FCS opponent, you know, a lots of turnover, right? They lose Bailey Zappi, they lose their top receiver, uh, they lose their offensive coordinator. I, I, it would be Hawaii or pass, man, because Western Kentucky to me did not prove that they are 17 or 16 and a half points better than anybody uh, in the FC and the FBS. However, Hawaii was that bad. So, you know, it's just that uncertainty of what are we going to get from Timmy Chang and company? You know, is the juice still going to be high there? Um, but yeah, I, I can't lay, lay that type of points with Western Kentucky, but yeah, you bring up an interesting point about, you know, teams that played this weekend. What do we do with them? How is the market reacting to them? You know, you mentioned Nevada. Uh, I, I think a lot of us at the network are looking to find spots to back Nevada. And I think, their win yesterday for people who want to fade Nevada uh, was great because it was an incredibly misleading box score mm -hmm. uh, or score, I should say, right? They win 23 to 12 over arguably the worst football team in the FBS in New Mexico State, JVT. Uh, and they had five turnovers, right? They were 5-0 in the turnover margin and won by 11. And uh, Paul Stone pointed this out on Twitter. Nevada only managed 78 yards passing against New Mexico State, uh, which is just a horrific uh, secondary. So, you know, anything north of a field goal, this, this number has moved a lot. But I, I think Texas State is in an intriguing spot, bringing back 14 starters. 
it's really a, a make or break type season for their head coach, Jake Spavadol. So uh, I took five before, you know, uh, they went off the board. I would still take three and a half with Texas State uh, against Nevada on Saturday. All right. Along those lines, we watched Illinois uh, just beat up on a mm-hmm. bad Wyoming team. We got 90 seconds left, Tim. We saw this number yeah. as high as five. We're down to like three in that matchup with Indiana this coming week. Yeah, this is one of those guys that kind of spooks me because Illinois did look pretty good. Wyoming's depleted, uh, got destroyed in the transfer portal. I think brought mm-hmm. back like 35% of production or something wild like that. Uh, and Indiana's going to be really bad. Uh, so, you know, remember last year, though, JBT, not comparing Illinois beating Nebraska to Illinois right. beating Wyoming, but remember last year, they beat Nebraska. Everyone was high on the Illini, and then they lost to UTSA the following week. So, um, pro- probably not an apples to apples comparison there. Uh, but I mean, I-, I guess I would have to take Illinois just based off of, I think in Indiana's that bad. Um, but yeah, I would, I would be very cautious on this one just because it feels like the, what the public will be all over Illinois, like they were yesterday. That was the most public side. Uh, if you talk to a number of books and, uh, the public cleaned up as Illinois spanked, uh, Wyoming. All right, Tim, uh, thank you very much for the time. Really quickly, last 30 seconds, let everybody know about the new endeavor on the podcast. Yeah, uh, subscribe, VSIN's College Football Betting Cop Podcast. Myself, Adam Burke, myself, Matt Newmans, and maybe, just maybe, a special appearance from the man I'm talking to on the other side. Uh, but that is uh, that, that rumor has not been confirmed yet, JVT. Tim, thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it. All right, dude. See you. You got it. All right. We're all done. Hey, last episode of the Football Betting Guides, but the betting guides are available. See you tomorrow. I don't know. Can't say anything. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.